Hello and welcome to episode 88, 89, where are we actually? I forget. 89. 89 of Gaming Fix, episode 89, on this September 28th, 2019. I'm your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your girl's favorite Taco Bell item. I am joined today by Pat Cotter. Hello. Allison Saigan. Hello, hello. Alex Jelinas. Uh, Oh, God. God. (laughs) Sam Harrison. Yes. (laughs) I was really hoping you were going to try to do a Tim Allen... And Erica Hernandez. Hello. <laughs> I think I've done a decent Tim Allen before. Let's hear it. You can't. You can't just say that. You gotta. You gotta back it up. Oh, that's not so bad. terrible. That's so that's bad. Terrible. That's so bad. I think, I, it, there was not a. You could have committed more, but it, like, it could have been a little more guttural. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but the, the opening. The, you know, I just don't have that racism in me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, well, speaking of Tim Allen and uh, tool time, uh, Alex, I, I see you want to talk about Al the Somium files. Yeah. Well, wow. um, I have yeah, a lot of, th- the yeah, it files. is, it is pretty weird to be fair. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that game, but I know a couple other people have been playing it. So, uh, I don't know. Do we want to start with me, my thoughts on them having finished it? Or do you guys want to talk about it for a bit? Uh, you know what? I mean, Allison and Sam, they're they're much earlier in the game, but I think just like, you know, we can have a general conversation. We don't want to get spoilery with it yet. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I have finished Al, uh, AI, the Somnium Files. Uh, my final playtime came to somewhere around uh, 28 hours, I think. Uh, but it should be noted that I was pretty fastidious about like doing as much side, well, not side stuff, but like exploring all of the environments and like having almost every interaction that I could. And sometimes like going back to uh, certain sequences to see what happens if you go and do things a different way. So uh, my, my time could be a little padded. So anyways, yeah, I finished that. Uh, I wrote a review, which is up on the site fix.space. Uh, you can see it there. I gave it five stars because that is way an to, exceptional way game. to spoil the review. Hey, it's, it'll <laughs> spoil it. If you go to the homepage, nah. <laughs> it's, it's true but if you're not getting them to the homepage, oh but why don't you read more to find out why oh, but, no we um, can just look you just have to look at the score and then you know everything about what your thoughts are about it yeah, yeah. you're right it's a perfect video game with no flaws that is not true that's, um, that's what five stars means <laughs> yeah uh it's it's really good um i think my biggest worry like i think i even mentioned it last week was that I was scared that it was not going to have a good ending, like that it was just going to whiff and like everything was going to fall apart and it would just kind of poop its own pants. But uh, as it turns out, the ending was maybe the best part. And the thing is, the rest of that game is also really good. So (laughs) uh, that says a lot about the ending, in my opinion. Um, I I really look forward to hearing Sam and Allison's take on what happens in the very last scene, which I have shown to Pat. And I think I expressed confusion at the time. <laughs> Honestly, like I did look at it when you sent it to me, but I don't like I could play that game and be pretty much unspoiled because oh, I yeah. don't even 
I can't even tell you what happened. I couldn't describe that scene to you right now. It is <laughs> confusing. Yeah. But not in an unpleasant, not way. bad. It's just, no, like, no, no, not bad. Just confusing. Like, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say anything about what happens. I'm not even going to allude to it because the story is completely worth experiencing and we will be talking about it in a few months because man, it, it is pretty buck wild. Uh, all of the characters end up being really good in it. Um, like I don't think there was a character I disliked. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I have pretty much purely positive things to say about it, but if you want my more nuanced thoughts, you can read the review up on the site. Sounds great. Uh, Allison, Sam, what are you thinking? Uh, Sam, you're about eight hours in, you said? Yeah, um, I'm, I've probably just hit eight hours uh, and I had to stop to make this podcast. Um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's, a, it's the first one of these kinds of games that I've played in a really long time. Um, can you hear my cat scratching at the door? Because it's oh yeah, yes. me. oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. Yeah, I was very confused. Uh, I'll have to let him in in a second. Um, but yeah, no, I am enjoying the game. Um, I think uh, I kind of want to talk a bit more about it um, at a later date. But for the moment, I don't really have much to share. I have to say, I'm I'm enjoying the storyline. Uh, Alex, I've just done the uh, pixely bit. If that that'll yes. tell you probably where I yeah, am. Totally. Um, yeah, so I've just done the pixely bit. It was very weird. Yep. Um and um I'm looking forward to finishing the podcast in case play more. Uh, Allison? Uh yeah, not not too many thoughts yet. Um just got it this week and I've played a little bit of it so far. Uh it seems really cool. Um and generally I'm ar- I feel like I'm already pretty invested uh but was very excited to see things like there being a uh like a um flow chart of of events because i was like oh yeah we're back into that zero escape mode for me (laughs) so (laughs) so that was very exciting for me personally but um yeah no it seems really good so far and i it, it it makes me really excited to hear that it sounds like they stick the uh, they stuck the landing so that's great yeah once you guys finish uh, there's a thing i want to talk about with you guys even on the podcast it's not spoilery but i think if you knew about it beforehand you might be a little like it would it would color your thoughts on certain scenes so mm -hmm. when you're when we're done i'd definitely like to have an open talk about it and i think by the time you guys are done in like a week or two there'll be enough time passed to actually feel comfortable having those conversations so how does this game differ from like the nonary games in like gameplay and mechanics and stuff? Uh, like, does it, or is it yeah, just like pretty like, much a visual novel conversations? It's a and lot there's more like open. A, a flow chart. Okay. It, yeah. Like you are doing a lot more exploration. Um, and when it comes to so actual, kind of more Danganronpa in that way. Yes. More Danganronpa in that yeah, way. Yeah. It's then, way more. And then the actual gameplay is, far less like discrete puzzles it's more like this separate mode that you go into and are doing specific actions and stuff like that Hmm. okay interesting yeah that's one i want to play uh just trying to figure it into my budget and time wise is proving difficult but if it if it goes on sale soon or you know before the end of the year i'll definitely be picking it up yeah, because I don't want to get spoiled on it because 
you've said it's really good. And having played the nonary games this year, those are mostly really good. Yeah. And so I'd like to, you know, see more from that team. Yeah. Or, but uh, is it the creative directors the, or the narrative design? Who? Uh, scenario dir- writer? Sa- same director. Okay. Yeah, same same director. guy who wrote in and directed it. So, okay. do you, yeah. Do um, you, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go for it, please. So, do you know, you would both probably know, you would all probably know this, but like for a game, for, for games of this nature, like visual novel, style games it's almost feels weird to call this one a visual novel based on what i've seen because it's so like it's almost more like a movie novel or something like there's so much motion but uh is it generally like the director of the game is writing the scenario like the plot start to finish so and then um working with a team like more like a like a comic book writer or is it kind of like more of a collaborative narrative design thing so from my understanding is that the the director in this case i don't know if it's the case with every every one of these kinds of games uh starts with a storyboard and okay like it literally ends up looking like the flow chart that is in the video gotcha. game so uh so it, it is more more of that and in terms of it being a visual novel uh it it is but it's just a very 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 high production value yeah visual novel I think that's what interests me about it is that I have um, a difficult time. It's not that I wouldn't want to um, experience the story of so many visual novels. It's just that oftentimes when I have tried to get into them, which is not then that many times to be fair, but like I kind of wished I was just reading a manga or something instead. um, And not as like tied to like needing to keep save files and all that kind of stuff. I just felt like I would rather just have it as a book or something. Um, but this one, like, not that I'm saying that that's possible with other ones. Like, I know you can't really do that with something like Danganronpa. But this one, it's just like every time I look at it, it's like something is in motion. And it's more like it almost feels more like like Mass Effect dialogues or something. But over yeah. 30 hours, you know, so that's kind of the thing about like specifically this kind of visual novel. And a lot of them, frankly, uh, that would keep it from being a actual novel or a yeah, uh, comic book sure. or whatever is that there's lots of branching paths and right. like, like you could do a choose your own adventure, but mm-hmm. like you could just find the chapter where it actually ends and just read that if you were so desired. But this, like they actually do, there is a point that you will reach in this game where it says you don't have enough information to continue down this path. Like it will, it will cool. give you a hard yeah. stop and say, you need to do some other stuff before you can come back here. So and yeah, that's, that's happened with uh, Zero Escape too, and that's yeah, actually yeah. why I would um, suggest those games to uh, because I feel like I feel like the what the what I really like about this writer director um, is that I feel like his games uh, are visual novels that need to be games. Yeah, like, totally. sure, there's like there's no way I, I don't know if there's any way that you could really like realistically. Well, you uh, sell them, choose your own adventure or goosebump books where you've just got like 30 of them and one comes out every month. I also don't want to denigrate visual novels and yeah. say like they could just be mangas either. That's right. not really my but, point. But, but I, I mean, just very like, uh, like more, more so than a lot of other visual novels, like they need to be games. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah like, I mean, what is the uh, Steins Gate? Like, oh, there, that, yeah. it is, there is literally an anime of it. But then, yeah, like certain like nonary games, like the nonary games, and it sounds like AI ac- uh, actually do 
things like utilize the formula in ways that may like kind of, you know, make it worth being a game as opposed to you. So you don't have that question. It's like, well, why would you play Steins Gate when you can just watch the manga and or the <laughs> anime? The manga. And we <laughs> yeah, watch the manga. Yeah. And you know, we've covered that on the show mm-hmm. before, like early in the year when Sam and Alex were playing and like, why would you do that? So we don't need to dive into it again. But yeah, it's they do a good job of making it worth playing. Yeah. And like the ending of Dog and Rupa Three could not be anything but a video game. I- um <laughs> With some of the interactions that you have to have. Well, I mean, I mean, you can say that about interactions, but I think like the overall narrative there, I think that could work in like an anime or, you know, in a static narrative type thing that non-interactive narrative. How about, yeah, but like there's specifically some moments in that ending. God, we should just talk about it someday where (laughs) you not interacting with the controller is a massive part of it. Sure. And I think you, I think you couldn't get that from a reading it or something. one thing I'm curious about with AI is uh, one of the things that turned me has turned me off. It sounds like Danganronpa is like really good from a like just all around, but it I can't the whole like it's the ways in which it is manic is is kind of a turnoff for me. It's not so much that it's like disturbed or whatever. That part is weird and interesting. It's more just like. I can't really handle the bear. Like I can't, I can't deal with it. And it's, it's a, it's a taste thing. Not a, not a thing that I think is bad about those games, but I'm what is AI a little more like, I know you said that it has like lots and lots and lots of, that's what she said. Jokes kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. is it at least, or do the characters feel a little bit more, I guess like real? Yes. Um, okay, yes. cool. And, yeah. and to be honest, like I, like I'm not very far, but I, I was like there are definitely those jokes in it, but I, was, yeah. I it wasn't like it wasn't like distracting or overwhelming. Sure, and and I will say like those people in real life make those jokes. People in real life make lots of those jokes. So like it's more just the like sometimes the stuff in Danganronpa it was so overwhelmingly like out there and weird in a way in a specific way that I don't really click with. So it was a turnoff for me playing that game. That's fair. And like, I would say that it's not nearly as manic if that's the word you want to use, but um, maybe that's the wrong word, but that's what kind of, kind of what comes to mind. But like the thing that I did like about Danganronpa and translates to nonary games and translates to this is that when they want to be serious, when they want to like turn on, they put, put on their hats and be like, okay, the scene is actually like supposed to be emotionally, like you're emotionally invested in the scene. There's no humor. Like it's just straight up really well-written drama. Yeah. That's very cool. I do want to play it at some point. Uh, definitely. Whenever I have a budget opening, basically. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been playing, Alex, since we got you talking? Uh, we started with you, so we're going to continue. Yeah, What sure. else you got for us? Um, I started, I'm about, I don't know, there's no hour count, but I've been playing a Mega Mall Story 2. I need uh, to download that. Or maybe I, I don't, based on no, um, I think it's very good. I never played the original Mega Mall story, um, so I don't have that much context for it, but I have played other Kairosoft games. Uh, like, I really like Game Dev Story and stuff like that. Um, so, basically... I love the Hot Spring one. Yeah, <laughs> I have not touched it, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> um, basically, like, have you guys ever played like Mall Tycoon? Because it's very similar to that, or Sim mm-hmm. Sim Tower. 
Mm-hmm. It's also very similar to that. <laughs> Speaking my language. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I think it's mechanically super solid. Like uh, it has like a bunch of different systems in play that are giving you a bunch of different levels of kind of simulation. Like you get more customers based on little challenges that you accomplish and then they invite their friends like that kind of stuff. So there's like always a discrete number of customers that could potentially be visiting your mall and you're growing that by kind of word of mouth and like doing stuff that they like. So that's kind of neat. Um, and like each individual, um, uh, I don't know, store, kiosk, whatever has its own stats that you can build. And then they benefit from being next to other types or like other specific stores. So if you have like your first floor is full of like grocery store and like fresh produce and like all like, I don't know, like uh, a candy store and stuff, they benefit from all being like food purchasable things all on the same floor. And like, they like being on the first floor versus like the fifth floor and stuff like that. So like, there's a lot of systems in play, but like it conveys them pretty well. Um, the only issue I've had with language might be the fact that you can tell it's obviously not an English language first game. And there's some real, some real wild translations in there that like you have to think about to understand what they mean. Mm. Uh, but it's like it's not a bad thing it's just like wait what do they mean when they say do you have any examples of that uh not off the off the cuff but like uh yeah like just there's been moments where i had to think about like oh what language is this coming from okay got it um but yeah it's good um it's like five bucks on phone uh i think it's worth it I've, i've probably put about two hours into it i imagine i'm gonna get way more so Yep, I just bought it. Awesome, yeah. Uh, my only issue with it is that it's only playable in portrait mode on phone, and I think it would really benefit from being able to flip that on its side and play it in landscape, because... Anymore, I prefer playing games in portrait, but um, I think that there should be an option, for sure. Yeah, I usually do as well, but the issue is that your mall gets so wide. Uh, yeah. like the, There's just sense. so much unused space at the top, which is basically sky, <laughs> if you zoom out too far. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Well, you got to make your mall taller then. It's true. Just go tall, build up, not not around. Uh, yeah, it's mega mall story, not mega tall story, Andre. <laughs> God, uh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Malls can be tall. Uh, well, so you said you said it was like five bucks or so, a little more than five bucks on the Google Store. Yeah, there's something else that's about five bucks on the Google Store. Oh no, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a few things. And on the Apple Store, there, we're gonna have a little mobile mobile discussion here. I think. <laughs> mobile chat. Well, do we want to start the mobile chat with something that I think we universally pan, which is uh, which is Mario Kart? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we don't pan Mario Kart. We pan Mario Kart World Tour. <laughs> I don't, don't know, man. Mario Kart. We stand Mario Kart. I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> well. Has the has Mario Kart World Tour soured you on Mario Kart proper? No, I just I just don't know that I think Mario Kart proper really hangs anymore with I don't know. There hasn't been a, a new Mario Kart game in what like five years? Yeah, whenever eight came out on the Wii U. Yeah, still I good. don't know. Still good. sure. Still what, what, good. You, you, you crash team racing stand now? No, I'm just saying. Like, do we stand Mario Kart because it's Mario Kart and everybody has to love it, or is it because people no, are actively playing Mario Kart? 
When was the last time anyone here played Mario Kart 8? Last year. This uh, year. Not that long ago, actually. All right. Last well, month? we can't stand the stand it as a podcast because I'm not. I don't think I do, but you all can do that individually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Mario Kart anyway. World Tour. It's is it's okay. Has, it's not good, but it's not like egregiously awful like some of the other Nintendo mobile games have been. It is a decent like translation of Mario Kart onto phones. Like sure. I was surprised at how well like it worked and how like actually Mario Kart it was. I was expecting like I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting kind of a more boiled down thing, but like you're doing full races. Yep, you're getting items. And, like you got the items yep. and you're tr- you're drifting and like all sorts of stuff. My my issue uh, with the control and I mean it, it's a mobile game so you can't expect the yeah. best controls, but you you pick one of two options at the start, which is either simple or drifting. I think that's how they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, simple yeah. is just literally you're going left and right with like not that great of range of motion and then drifting is mm-hmm. you're fucking drifting all the time, which is, you know, yeah. sounds pretty rad in concept, but I found it that it doesn't if, quite work. Yeah, like if you want to make like small adjustments it's really tough because your character basically like launches him or herself into the air and then slides every time. So it's like, yeah. well, I just want to turn a little bit right. So <laughs> I said this yeah. in the chat and you all poo pooed me. No, I didn't. Really, yeah. Like I think if you're like, you can have a decent range of motion if you're on a long corner, like mm-hmm. if you go further to the right, than like to the center, like you can actually get some decent, like, you know, like, you can get a bit a wider or a tighter turn depending how you go. Yeah. But yeah, like it's the little adjustments that make it like that kill it for me. It seems like the thing might've been uh, like might've made sense to do like drifting zones where as you're going into a turn, like mm-hmm. it does drift mode. And then when you're on straightaways and stuff, it just does small adjustments yeah. or like, I mean like you're, you're on a, you're not on the DS anymore. You have multi-touch. Maybe two fingers is drifting, like, sure. or like dri- yeah. go further left is drifting. Like smaller sure. adjustments are smaller. Like yeah. I feel like there's a thousand different options you could have. Yeah, for sure. Well, like bottom half of the screen is drift, top half is turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, I think having two two modes kind of it made me feel like this. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, yeah. just, could, could you explain that for me one more time so in the 90s there was this television show called Home Improvement and whenever I watched it I immediately felt like I had to poop <laughs> so I is so that how you feel when you play Mario Kart World Tour well guess where I played like 80% of my time with it <laughs> uh, watching Home uh, Improvement <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yeah, so with uh, Mario Kart World Tour is a gotcha game, which means you're you know spending whatever sort of premium currency to pull uh, racers, carts, and gliders. Uh, like gliders from you know from a warp pipe. You got to fire one out of the pipe. That uh, sounds like the best thing about Mario Kart now. Is firing the, the like two is, is just like fire. Fire something out of the pipe. Uh, but the prices of the economy is so bad. Yeah. You know? that's like everything, everything about the economy in Mario Kart World Tour is absolutely messed up. So, okay, there, there are multiple lo- levels to this. 
Here we one, go. <laughs> so there's the premium currency, which is uh, what are, I don't even. They're like some sort uh, of crystal, I think. Are they hearts? I don't even remember. They're like some sort of gems or something. I feel something like. like that. It doesn't matter because okay, it takes five to get a pull from like the, to fire one out of the pipe. It takes five to fire one out of the pipe. And for two dollars, you can buy three of the premium currency. Yep. Not even two dollars does not even get you one pull. Like that's that just seems. Mm. Uh, then. There is like a season pass or like a subscription. It's a monthly subscription where you pay $5 a month to get access to like 200 CC races, which is the fastest race and a bunch of probably like extra bonuses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, and I don't think they show why you need it, except apparently if you get later into the races, they get, I guess they get really difficult and you kind of need to have the, like the subscription to like get enough stuff to like pass them or else you're going to be stuck for a long time is my understanding. I haven't gotten that far. I I played like a few like uh, circuits or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's not terrible. Like I can, see sticking with this for a little bit but hearing that it's gonna just like wall you off if you don't pay sounds really shitty yeah like i don't think there is a way a reasonable way to get mario without giving them money probably also just charge me ten dollars for mario kart on the phone yeah yeah but if if they charge people won't pay thousands of dollars. Exactly. It's that's why like they know people will pay what they're sure, asking. I get that they know that, but like I guess and, what I'm just saying is like it's such a bullshit thing about them entering the mobile space. It was never a problem before for them to just charge you a flat fee to access the game. You know like, what else, you know what else is bullshit? The first course is New York City. I am kind. I do kind of want to download what? it just to play. The is it not course? <laughs> it's not New Donk City, no, right? It is New not. York City. It, it has Pauline what? all over the yeah. imagery. Really? Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I thought you were just yeah. going like, oh. I was like, oh, well, I like New Donk City. That's no, great. No, it like, is New, want, York, New York City, City. with Pauline. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm downloading <laughs> this just so I can see that. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it. Yeah. It's like. On the surface, it's inoffensive, but like as you kind of look into it, dig a little deeper, you're like, oh, and like the speed at which they dole out like the premium currency is far too slow. Yeah, like it's just it's real bad in like in terms of the microtransaction stuff. It it seems like one of it's probably the worst microtransaction game they've had. And I used to think that Fire Emblem was that, but this is worse than that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Mario Kart World Tour, they probably skip it because they're wa- they want you to pay York five City, bucks though. a month for one With game when you could pay. I mean, you can put, download it and play New York City and then uninstall, I guess. Uh, but for five bucks a month, you could also subscribe to Apple Arcade. Yeah. On the on your iOS device mm-hmm. or Mac OS device come later this month or next month. I don't uh, even know. They said later in fall. Okay. So, uh, Sam, you've been playing some Apple Arcade games. Erica, you too? I only say Anara Wild Hearts, but that's the only Okay. One. Well, 
Sam's been playing a lot of stuff, I believe, right? And Allison has as well, I think. Yeah. Yep. I don't know who has an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I just have an iPad. Oh, I didn't know it was on iPad yet. I thought that was also a later thing, but maybe yeah, I have no idea. I'm not plugged into the Apple ecosystem at all. So tell us about Apple Arcade, please. Uh, so I'll let Allison go first. Oh, I am surprised at how much I like it because honestly, like when I heard about it, I didn't think I was going to go for it. But then I, I uh, decided to do the the um, trial run and I'm like, I could actually see myself sticking with it. It's yeah. So this is the subscription service from Apple, five bucks a month, and it gets you a whole bunch of games for just that subscription service. And they don't have ads, no microtransactions, right? Not that I've seen. No ads, no microtransactions. These are full games from developers behind games like Monument Valley. uh, Zach Gage, who makes he makes card games, right? Uh, Yeah, Card Thief and that sort of stuff. Uh, Cappy uh, made Grindstone for it. Like these are exclusive, like on mobile. Like some of them are on multiple platforms. What the golf? What the golf is on there? But it's coming to like Switch and the Epic Game Store later. I don't know mm. what the actual data on that is. Uh, twenty twenty is what it said. Uh, God, I want to play that now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so they're, they're like really good games and they're, they're new. Like they launched on that yep. service, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which we talked about last week. There's a review up on fix.space that I wrote, Go check it out. Uh, <laughs> that's also on there, uh, exclusively on iOS devices. So these games aren't on Android. They may never come to Android. They might, they're exclusive to mobile right now, at least. So apparently the, the rules for Apple Arcade is you can only be on Apple Arcade if you're not on any other subscription service and you're not on Android. <laughs> wow. It's interesting because, yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, so what kind of what games are you checking out? So uh, I've got a rule where I'm only allowed to have eight Apple Arcade games installed at the same time. So is this like parole, moment, parole or like what's up? I just won't play them otherwise. I'll do the same thing I do with Games Pass, where I'm like, ah, time to install all the games I'm interested in, and then I'll play like 10 minutes of each of them and not actually get any meaningful like interactions with them. So I've already completed two. So I completed um, Assemble with Care and Sayonara Wild Hearts. Um, Assemble with Care definitely is the star of the Apple Arcade for me. I don't think there's going to be a better game in that first set. Um, I mean, obviously, prove me wrong. What the golf is really, really funny. Um, Grindstone, I was really, really butting up against, and I was like, I can't do this. I literally, I've played like 50, 60 hours of Dungeon Raid, which is very similar, but I couldn't get into Grindstone. And about yesterday evening on the train home, I finally caught it. And like now I'm flying through levels without any sort of issue. Um, I've deleted a couple of games that I didn't really get on with. Um, but yeah, so at the moment I have installed uh, Oceanhorn 2 because that's like kind of the showcase AAA game for Apple Arcade that I want to try. Um, Who's although that by? I, that's by the makers of Oceanhorn. 
Uh, okay. Let me open the let me open the app store. Cause the well, the cool thing it's about the flagship, so yeah. So I think yeah. Well, it's like it's basically iPhone's Breath of the Wild. That's okay. the that's kind of how they're pitching it. Yeah, the first ocean yeah. horn is is Wind Waker, but for fonts. Okay. And it's meant to be extremely good as well. Uh, the first ocean horn, a lot of people rave about it. It's fine so if like, you don't have a device to play a Zelda game on. Like, it's not bad. It's just, it very much was one of those, like, do you want to play Zelda? Do you just have a phone? Well, have I got the game for you? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm scrolling down the list here to try and find the ocean horn. And I'm just looking at all these games that look great. So obviously, Assemble with Care is great. Yep, that's, uh, I agree, that's probably the the highlight so far, and I would be very surprised if it doesn't end up in my personal top 10 at the end of the year, because it is, it is genuinely really sweet. I'd be shocked if it doesn't at least get into my number 10 spot, having played it. Um, I wrote a review of it, which uh, is not on fix.space, sorry everybody. Uh, Let us down. But. Uh, uh, that just leaves space for Alison to write a review and for me to attach some comments to it. Um, but yeah, there's so many great looking games. I, I, I sent one specifically to Alison called Dear Reader, which is basically like a Pride and Prejudice puzzle game <laughs> where you have to put the words into the correct order they were in Pride and Prejudice. Funny. I, I've been playing um, some of that. I, I got very, I got a little bit mad because they kept calling it the Victorian era, which is very like, no, it is extremely not the Victorian era, but uh, that was, that was, that was a personal thing. But the there, Mr. Darcy era, damn it. It's the, it's the Regency, but um, but there are other Mr. There are Darcy other, era. There are other uh, books that you can do that with too. It's just ba- like an extremely abridged version of a book, but you're doing kind of word puzzles with it. It's it's been it's been cute so far. Um, they also have daily challenges that I've been doing on that. Um, but yeah, no, I think that with uh, I I'm surprised at how good it is. Like there are certain games that are very, like, standard mobile gamey, but there are a lot of games that are really feel like they're um, both kind of interesting indie games that have been facilitated by the uh, App Store, or by the Apple Arcade. Um, the aforementioned what the golf is, is delightful. I it, it has made me laugh out loud several times while playing it. Um, yeah, so I, I'm just really excited to try a few different uh, more games because it's been it's been really fun. And I actually don't do a lot of gaming on my iPad, so it, this is actually changing that interestingly. I'm taking notes as to what games I'm, I should download because I was fully planning to never do any other Apple Arcade games, but now you guys are making me feel like maybe I should keep it. <laughs> I'm surprised at how much I'm I'm liking okay. it, to be honest. Like, scrolling down the list, I'm seeing, like, 20, 30 games that I know that I will at least give half an hour, 45 minutes to. And I, I was saying to a friend, I was like, the 499 seems so worth it to me because I could play a new game every day because they, they've released... They said they're going to release 100 games before the end of 2019. Wow. It's so like, I could play a new game every day until, like... March probably 
and off of that four ninety nine a month. So what, fifteen pounds, fifteen sixteen pounds? Yeah, it it sounds like a good deal, and they've got really good games. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. for uh, for perspective, I know that they're planning on when what the golf hits uh, Switch and PC. I think they're the price point they're aiming at is twenty dollars. So, yeah. uh, and granted, I'm sure that it'll go on sale eventually. But there's a lot of games that would easily go for uh, $10, $20 on other platforms. But like, uh, uh, Yeah, they've got Cat Quest yeah. 2, Jenny LeClue. Both of those are like $15 games, I think. Yeah. They are. yeah. And considering these are all like extremely complete experiences where uh, they aren't microtransaction or ad-filled, um, it feels like it feels like it's worth it because they're actually uh, building these games, not necessarily to try and make you spend all your time on them, so you can spend all your money on them. But they're actually making uh, worthwhile experiences, which is nice. Yeah. Do you guys know that, um, like, once something is on the Apple Arcade, is it there forever, or will it be like a Netflix thing where licenses will end and then like? they may renegotiate or something like that. Like, has there been any language around that? I haven't seen any, but if you look at the, if you look at some of the games, so like when I completed Sayonara Wild Hearts, the Mm -hmm. publisher was listed as Apple. Oh, Um, and so in the credits for assemble with care, I think Apple is listed as the publisher. So I think that basically, (sighs) I, I'm going to say this with no facts to back it up. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that these games are here forever. I think that they are designed for Apple Arcade. But also, they specifically are saying like they're not talking in the same language that they talk about with Game Pass, where they're like coming to Xbox and Game Pass on day one. They're saying coming to Apple Arcade. They're not saying coming to the App Store. Right. Um, and so yeah, also, can you get these games just on? Could I go to the app store and buy Cyanar Wild Heart? No, Wild Hearts? Nope. I don't you, think so. Now you can't buy any games that are in Apple Arcade. You have to buy this, pay for the subscription. Hmm. That's yeah. weird. I was super oh, interesting sorry. prospect. I will say that I think like I was kind of like coming into Apple Arcade hype, just hearing people talk about like. It's a new subscription I get to buy. It was like very tiring <laughs> because I feel like mm-hmm. that is a trend that is happening and it's like stop getting excited about paying for subscriptions. However, it seems like now that the dust is settling a bit, the games are really good. So it sounds yeah. like yeah. a very worthwhile service. I hope that the terms are not as bad as what we've heard for developers because it does not sound like a sustainable service if developers are getting the kind of it sounds like they maybe threw a bunch of money at the launch stuff, but if like developers are not going to be getting making more money mm-hmm. by continuing to work with them on the service, it's going to peter out after these initial 100 games, I think. But um, it's definitely not a thing that I would buy a new phone for, but like uh, my phone is trash and this week got more trash with a new android update so <laughs> i'm probably gonna jump ship um i i, I mean I definitely it'll be cool to have to where my phone right now is is hot garbage um especially the battery life is just is just bad and uh, so i'm like i've been thinking more and more about getting a new phone and now I'm, my, like it's getting in your brain like 
if I get an iPhone, then I can play Apple Arcade games there and on my app iPad too. And it's like, it's yeah, like, I, I don't know if I want that, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it's more like for me, I would be getting an iPhone for, for other reasons, and then right. that would be a cool, nice to have. I would be wary of the thing that I, that I think is a little. We talked about this a little bit privately, but I think that the thing, the idea that is a little wild is to buy a thousand dollar phone to play <laughs> games right. that you get a will $5 be on subscription your, yeah. to play some mobile games. games that will be on your switch. The best right. of which will be on your switch in a few months is like, please people do not do that. Right. And I, <laughs> what I'm saying I is that say, if you already have an iPhone, it sounds like a great deal. And if right. you're considering switching, it is a value add, but right. oh, <laughs> not, don't buy a thousand dollar phone to, for Apple. Though, if you were to get something right. new, you could, well, you could get a new, you could get, new, get a new Mac mini, but like you can find used ones for like a song on anywhere. Uh, also iPad minis are pretty affordable. Um, and it sounds like this is like, that would be that if you really, really, really just want to do Apple arcade, that an iPad mini is maybe not the worst purchase um, to, to do something like that yeah, because you can I, get like, I, I would say probably still, I don't know if it's worth it to buy a new device, especially if you have something like a switch, because I can see a lot of games coming from Apple arcade switch um, or, or a PC or something like that. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'd say this, that's worth it, but personally as somebody who um, already uses my iPad a lot, this, this is definitely like a, a huge value add in uh, Apple's direction for getting me to play more games in their ecosystem versus yeah. playing stuff on my, on my uh, Android phone or yeah. So the, the difference maker for me is like, I didn't, Apple like did nudge me in the direction of getting a phone, but I had an upgrade that was basically awaiting. So I would yeah, had originally don't. planned on getting the pixel four and then I was like, wow, this Apple Arcade stuff looks really good. Maybe it and exists then, for some people in the States, but by and large, like we don't do upgrades anymore. Um, that's just not a thing because um, in the past it was pretty predatory. It was just a way to lock you into contracts. Um, so now there were regulations passed. And again, there might be loopholes that some companies are doing, but basically now you finance phones and um, your carrier will give you 0% on them. So like I could go and I, and I might in the next not too long because my phone's paid off. Uh, uh, I could go get an iPhone 11 from my carrier and get the like 256 gig version. And it would be similar to what I paid uh, what I was paying monthly to pay off the phone that I have now, I would be mm-hmm. paying it for it for longer uh, because the phone I had now is about half the cost of an iPhone. But um, so I'd be paying for it for two years rather than one year. But you don't pay any interest on it if you do it through your carrier uh, necessarily. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's yeah. pretty what what's been pretty common around here too. So um, and then if you leave your carrier, usually they'll introduce an interest fee or something like that, so that it's like. Well, you can take your phone to your new carrier, but it's, you know, going to cost you or whatever. I mean, yeah, they're going to charge you like all sorts of cancellation fees or yeah. termination, right. yada, yada. But I don't think there were any regulations. I think they just realized, hey, we can just make them pay the full price there, of the phone over two there years. There have of- been threatening regulations that didn't pass. I know that there was a point mm-hmm. at which it was like, this is changing now because of something that happened. 
Um, it's not really any different from the previous model other than you don't aren't guaranteed like, oh, come in and get a free phone for a two year contract. Right. Basically. Um, and they can't lock you in. Basically, they can't lock you into contracts anymore. Yeah, well, but they do that, that by having you financing the phone. And if you exactly. cancel your contract, yeah. you have to pay off the full thing. So there's no material difference. Sort of. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there is a there is a material difference between uh, Google Play Pass and Apple Arcade. Oh boy! And the difference oh my is God. a wet fart. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, basically, uh, yeah. Google Play Pass is like shortly after. I, when was Apple Arcade announced? Whenever that event was, uh, like June, June. Not okay. So a couple a month ago, a little while ago, Google kind of responded to the uh, Apple Arcade stuff with Google Play Pass, which is also uh, $5 a month. Uh, but if you sign up for like a six month, a six day trial or something, and then you can get it for $2 a month for a, for the first year. And while Google or Apple Arcade starts with 50 games, Google Play Pass comes with 350 games and apps. Wow. And they're all bangers, 10 of them are solitaire. (laughs) Only 10 of them are solitaire. Responded is a good way to put it with Play Pass. It seems like Apple Arcade got announced and then someone at Google was like, shit, we need one too. Shit. And it was Google Play Pass seems like if the algorithm like Google algorithms are like the Play Store algorithm went Apple Arcade and tried to like interpret what that meant. Yeah. And then built its own thing with no human interaction whatsoever. Yep. Because like it's just the, like here are three different weather apps, and here's like four different QR code scanners and ten solitaire games, and like it's just padding. It's yeah. garbage. It's really yeah, it's just inflated. Num- <laughs> it's just inflated numbers, and there's no like exclusive games, like you know, and they're mostly all old. So there's nothing new. Uh, so like you know, you can get like some decent games on there. Stardew Valley's on there. It's not something I want to play, but people like that. Terraria again, not something I want to play, but people love Terraria. Uh, there's like you know puzzle games. Uh, oh, there's there's some stuff I actually want to play that's on there. Uh, so I you know I'm kind of checking it out, but there's so much stuff where it's like why? And some of them are just like free apps that, but they have the ads pulled out, and it's what what are they doing? It's not there's no human touch to it at all. There's no like, okay, we want to put the best things on here. We're going to take the best QR code scanner app. We've tested them. This is the best one. We you know, this is the best weather app. Hands down. This is the one we recommend to our people. But they're just no, it's like, yeah, I don't know. You figure it out. Yeah. Like, it seems like there's zero curation in any in any capacity. Yeah, right. it, it's it's literally just the algorithm went. What are the most popular apps in each category? And here's all of them. It's ten. It's <laughs> ten different solitaire games in the card game section, and it's it's just so like the tools section is like a meme face soundboard. Like what? <laughs> wow, you got that me to sign like up. A useful tool. Uh, you, you know, you could try it for the. Uh, I haven't actually. I don't know. It's got a. It's got a meme face. I don't know if it's actually a soundboard. Oh. I'll download it right now. It's it's a text to speech app with some cool options. That's the description. What? So uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna download it right now and we'll see what happens. But yeah, so you can sign up for like a six day trial, and then after that, it's two dollars for the first year. Hmm. Uh, or you can just sign up for five bucks a month, 
but I don't know that either option is worth it unless you really want to play like, you know, Stardew on your phone and not pay the seven bucks for it or eight bucks it is for it. If you're, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just dumb. I'm looking. I you don't can get KOTOR. I'm taking a look and I don't think it, it must not be on the Canadian one because I don't even see it as an option coming up in the Play Store. <laughs> it, it might not be like they've been doing the US only, I think. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so it's 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 rolling out in various countries, but you're not missing out on much. So, okay, let's see what uh, let's see what this says. Uh, now we enter the really entertaining for the audio listeners. <laughs> okay, listen. That's supposed to say I like doo doo, but it just doesn't. I get it. I can hear it. Yeah, it's, it's like unique know, dodo uh, to me. Unique dodo. Yeah. Oh, unique <laughs> dodo. Yeah. But you can't. Uh, this episode, unique bobo. <laughs> let's just let's put the timbre all the way up. <laughs> Still wow. sounds yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so you know you can get that app can be yours for the nice you know mm-hmm. low price of two ninety nine a month. I installed a month. I installed the Android Pie nine point oh update mm-hmm. and um, it made my camera stop working. Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I found out can be resolved by uh, the problems that I had. Do not disturb on. Which um, common what? thing, you know, if you have do not disturb on cameras. Don't Why? <laughs> OK, sure. <laughs> I don't know, because Android is the thing. Android is the same thing that Google does with every product it makes where they get far enough down the rabbit hole and they go, this is fine. And then they do minimal updates to it and change the look of things to make you feel like they're supporting their services when really they're just like they hand it to like people that don't care about it. <laughs> it it's it is baffling. They're like uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. The, more and more Google services are feeling like very bargain basementy versus how they used to feel like a competitor to someone like Apple or Microsoft. Now it's like those companies make services and platforms that I feel like are like good and google mm-hmm. just kind of is the thing you can get if you don't want to pay for something better and it's frustrating yeah. and also gmail. still like yeah. gmail is still like didn't they say they were going to basically make gmail more like inbox and they never have nope. yeah or that's correct yeah yeah like god ah there's i'm still mad about there, inbox there, yeah too. there's a yeah. lot to complain about with google uh, which is interesting because like i used to be pretty harsh on Apple, but like this Apple arcade thing, it sounds like a, one of the first really good moves they've made in a while. So, and Google seems like they've had so many missteps over the past, let's say two plus years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's my thoughts on the Google play pass is, Hey, you can skip it until they decide to actually put out something worth playing on there, but I doubt they will. Oh yeah. Some of the games on there are by, companies that have made uh like or that made stuff for apple arcade like monument valley and Mon- or monument valley 2 i don't know if both are on there but at least monument valley 2 is on there and like you know some other things from mobile developers that are on apple arcade so they're you know they're at least you know getting deals with these other developers but it seems like they came in late and they're like oh wait 
Apple's going to do something. We got to compete with Apple on this, but we don't have anything like it, in store. So we're just going to take the apps that are already on the store. Yeah, that's I was going to say and, that it sounds like Apple funded new development, whereas Google yeah, yeah. licensed stuff, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like they've got Stadia stuff. And like, so they're doing like in-house development too. Yeah, that's true. But like, if if they tied Stadia into the Google Play Pass, which they will never do, but if that was like a bundle thing, that would maybe be a compelling. If like if they made that somehow tie into each other, Oops. but again, Stadia isn't like a like a Game Pass type thing where you've got access to a bunch of games. It's like. Um, More like PlayStation Plus or games with gold, where if you pay the subscription, you'll get like a game every once in a while, uh, like once a month or something. I could but, see it being like how they handle YouTube Premium, where if you get yeah. if you have YouTube Premium, you also get Google Play Music, mm-hmm. but you can just I consider subs- it the other way around. Yeah, but. like you can just get Google Play Music, but not YouTube Premium. So like, I, I imagine it could end up the same way with Stadia. So you get Stadia, you also get the Play Pass. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, again, there's. Like, unless you really need, I, I don't know. There's like all the apps in there. I, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we can move on. I don't, it yeah. seems like we're talking a long time about this thing that is bad. It's, it's, worth it's, baffle, it's baffling. <laughs> no, I know. I get it. I'm not like chastising any, any of this conversation, yeah. but also like it's bad. So, it's, I haven't even popped the trial. I don't care. Yeah. So I don't think ultimately fuck care. Mario Kart world tour. It's not great. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. It, it, but it is the worst of value out of all of those th- <laughs> those three things yeah. it is the worst five dollar purchase you could make if we had to Mario. rank mario kart world whatever it's called mobile mario kart yeah. uh google play pass and apple arcade i think that mario kart would still be in third yes <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah it's easy peasy because i mean you can uh, actually have fun with solitaire Hell exactly. Yeah. There and are product. There are things available through PlayPass that are good. And whether whether is going to make Allison, I would find a weather app more useful than Mario Kart. <laughs> totally. I bought yeah. Dark Sky for the iPhone and Android about five years ago, and I've never needed another weather app. Word. It was uh, two pounds. Well, uh, I just Google weather. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, how do you get your weather? Uh, the built-in iPhone weather app is what I use most of the time. Uh, or I, I ask Google I wait on for, my home. Oh, I do that I, all the time. Like, I wait for teachers to come over and ask me questions about like how to talk about the weather in English, and then my Google Assistant activates randomly, <laughs> and then the phone responds to their question about the weather in Seattle. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> what are you doing, phone? Oh, uh, but okay. We're gonna Pat. Please take us away from here. Take us <laughs> to a land of guard us from this conversation from the Google Play Pass, and take us to a land of myth. <laughs> Yeah, so before I do that, I should probably just get out of the way um, that uh, Dauntless hit 1.0 this week. Um, it's a pretty exciting milestone for that game. Um, I've talked about it a lot on the show. It's one of my favorite games. Um, it's uh, grown a ton over the course of the year, so if you haven't played it in a while, I highly re- recommend checking it out. Um they added a new weapon with the new update, which is the most, I would say, complex weapon that they've put out, which is cool because you have to manage doing different combos to um, activate basically like different um, 
they're called mantras, but it's you do one combo, a mantra goes up, and then there's a timer that it, if you don't do another combo or a dash move fast enough, then it'll go away. So you have to juggle the mantras and keep them up, and then use your special attacks as different mantras are up to get different buffs and attacks. It's pretty complex, but it's really cool. They're like fist weapons, so you're doing like kung fu stuff. Uh, but bigger than that, they nailed a thing so hard. Um, for the way that you get progress in their battle passes. Um, the biggest problem with uh, Dauntless in f- for me was that their battle passes can be a little bit um, aggressive is the wrong word, but it, it's just starting to feel like a bit of a chore sometimes because you had to make sure you did your weekly quests every week. And the weeklies were like, sometimes you would have to do like, usually you would have to do like 20 hunts to get through your weeklies which if you're someone who plays the game like even more than I do, I log in every day and usually do a hunt or two. Um, but if you're someone who's doing like, you know, 10 hunts a day, that's fine. But if you're not doing that, then it can feel like, you know, it's, it's a good like three to four hours of playtime at least every week to get those, those quests done. And it just felt kind of overwhelming. So the way they've changed it is, and I think this is uh, interesting to talk about because um more games could do stuff like this. Now there's no timed stuff. Um, there's a timer on the battle pass overall, but you basically get a token that lets you pop a quest. They call them bounties now every 13 hours. I think it is. It might be 14 hours. Um, so, you know, you're getting like around two a day. Um, and though you also get more of them as you level up the battle pass and uh, you can buy them. But I did the math today. If you were to just do your, bounties that you got every day and progress through the battle pass and get the bounties that you get from the battle pass, the tokens, you would have far more tokens than you would need to complete the battle pass in quests. And those tokens don't expire until I think, I think it resets your bank every start of a battle pass, but the tokens don't expire um, during the battle pass and neither do the bounties. So you could just do, you could just say like one weekend, you're going to binge it and do 30 bounties in a weekend and level the pass up all the way. Or you could say, I'm only going to do, I'm going to do one a day. Um, and it's a really cool system. You also, when you pop a bounty token, you get to draft a quest from three different ones and they can be anything from like use, use X, you, you complete six hunts and using a specific weapon counts as completing two. So you only have to do three hunts with an ax Um, or you can do six with any weapon or they can be things like collect the like ingredient objects that lay around like the plants and stuff. So it just is a really cool thing because it sort of lets you cater leveling up the hunt passes to your, um, preferences and how you want to play the game. Um, and, uh, it makes it a lot more manageable. It doesn't feel as much like a job or a chore. It's just puts, I think the game, if you haven't, played it um it's now just in the best place to kind of foster you getting through the content that's there and and getting through these cool battle passes as a as a result and the their hunt pass stuff the the like cosmetics you get from it are really cool they're always pretty well worth it um they're like 10 bucks uh and give you some cool weapon skins and character skins and all that kind of stuff so uh that game's great people should play it uh, even if you don't think you like Monster Hunter, you should play it. Um, it's not like Monster Hunter. The biggest, the best way that I've heard it described over the last year is 
Um, and I can't remember who described it this way. I think it might've been someone in relation to Pat Gill from Polygon, but um, it is monster hunter is monster hunter and dauntless is more like um, boss battles. Big buck hunter. Oh. <laughs> no, it feels the, the, the monsters and monster hunter feel like, like living, breathing things that are unpredictable. Um, whereas in dauntless, clearly the experience you're trying to craft is more a game. That's all about doing boss battles. Um, and structurally it's the same as monster hunter because you're, you're getting parts and you're making weapons. That start part is exactly like one to one, the same, but the actual gameplay is much more like, um, the weapons are not as hard to master as they are in, uh, in, in monster hunter. It's far more about learning the patterns of the bosses and learning the specific ways that different attack actions chain and stuff like that. Um, so it feels much more like, boss fighting the game rather than hunting like living, breathing things like monster hunter. And that's why I think that it's like really, really good and really, really good to have in a world that also has a really, really good monster hunter game. Um, so yeah, uh, people should play that. Uh, but <laughs> the thing that I spent the most time on this week, um, is a stop me. If you've heard this before, a new early access, digital trading I've heard card this game. I've heard this before. I've got to stop you. <laughs> um, uncle, uncle, mercy. <laughs> I give. Everyone on this podcast, favorite thing, digital trading card game. Fuck yes. <laughs> I've, I've installed Mythgard onto my phone, Pat, for you. <laughs> um, I'll say I kind of, I have said it, I think, mm-hmm. on this podcast. Um, between, like, artifact launching and being really cool, but also being like just falling apart immediately. And then magic arena coming out. I kind of was in a space where I was like, I'm not going to play another digital card game. Like magic is, is magic arena is fantastic. Eternal is good, which is sort of in the magic vein. Um, Like there's not really a reason to, 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 to like look for new digital card games. So Mythgard is a game that popped up in my steam queue when it hit early access uh, or open beta is really what they're calling it, but it has the early access tag. It's free to play like a lot of these games. And it actually comes from a bunch of X blizzard North developers, um, which kind of explains something about the quality. I think uh, the sort of the CEO and founder of the developer that's making it, I don't want to say they call themselves Rhino Games. Yes, um, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Rhino Games. So their CEO is Peter Hu, who I didn't, hadn't heard of before, but he was one of the last people working on Diablo 2, oh. um, like huh. producing updates for Diablo 2 <laughs> when they were still doing like content and balance updates. Um, Seems like my guy. When I searched him, he uh, it was there was a Diablo three forum thread that I found from like six years ago that said bring back Peter Who, uh, and then it was like praising him for how good he was at balancing content in Diablo and how they should have put him on the Diablo three team because he's like a genius with like programming and balance. Uh, so. <laughs> Good endorsement. And then the rest of the team seems really cool um, and like really talented people from Blizzard North. Uh, And um, it's I think it's very much a like Hearthstone-y meets magic kind of thing in the middle. Um, I don't won't get super deep on the specifics, but there's things like um, 
in Hearthstone, you get mana every turn. Then you spend that that as a resource to to uh, to get you to play your cards, and it just goes up every turn. In Magic, you have to play specific cards called lands that you tap, um, like turn sideways every turn, um, and each turn they generate a mana. So the problem with Hearthstone is that it's like really simplistic uh, because you can just like there's no nuance to the resources. And the problem with magic is that you can get screwed over by not drawing enough of the resource you need. So the way the myth card handles it is um, every turn you burn a card from your hand and that that is your card that you play for the resource for that turn. And then it upgrades your maximum amount of resources and it gives you a gem that is colored to the card that you burned to kind of um, uh, give you control over, like give you different options for what sorts of factional Mm -hmm. cards you can play. And then that burned card goes back into your deck shuffled in. So you get it again later on. You can't burn the same card twice, but, uh, but, but it, but you'll get, you'll get access to it to play it again. So stuff like that's really smart. It's um, lane based, not in the way that artifact is, there are seven lanes on the battlefield that you play cards in. Um, and it looks like a hearthstone when you see it, but the placement matters because you have to, the three lanes opposite the, the, the card that you played and are attacking with have to be clear for you to attack the opposing player directly and deal damage to their health, which is a cool strategic thing. Cards can move around. So every turn, instead of attacking a card could move so that it can kind of get around other cards. So it gives it sort of a, um, very light positioning and tactics layer. Um, and then uh, also just the card interactions are really interesting. Um, you pick like a power and a path, which are both constant things when you build your decks. And it's not important to go into what those are, but they sort of change aspects of how your deck operates. Um, so there's just loads of stuff in there to dig into from like a game design deck building perspective. Um and then on top of that, they have a really good free to play model. It's they were very open about like we want P players to f- constantly be getting new cards and we want free players to have a good time with the game. But we also need to be honest with you. You're not we don't want you to get full sets of cards for free like a month after the set comes out. That doesn't that's not sustainable as a business model like it's the thing that I think a lot of times free to play players don't understand is that game developers have to keep the lights on. So like it was, it was refreshing to see them say like, Hey, we want this game to be fun and fair and give you an ability to get all the cards for free. Also, we can't let you have them for free. Like right out right away, because that's not going to work for us to keep the doors open um, Mm -hmm. and pay people's pay people living wages. Um, this is cool. And then it also has a ton of single player stuff. So it's got like one campaign, one chapter that's like 14 missions long right now. I played through it in about two hours. And then there's a bunch of puzzles that are like one turn puzzle things. I did that in about an hour. Um, does that, and then does you that can, act as like mm-hmm. a decent tutorial? The Yes. So the, the, per, the single player campaign, what I like most about it is, um, so compared to Eternal, for example, which is another game that has very good single player content, Eternal is like um, it has a tutorial, but then it also has a bunch of single player campaigns mm-hmm. um, and it's designed. This is how Hearthstone does it, too. It's designed to have you build a deck um, to beat the individual scenarios um, and they get very hard. I understand why people would be into that. I don't like that as much as what Mythgard does, which is it just gives you a deck 
for the mission and then says beat it. Um, and it introduces you to concepts over the course of that first chapter. Uh, and um, so, yes, it's sort of like tutorially, but it doesn't feel like you're playing a 14 mission long tutorial either. It'll just be like, hey, this time this deck has this keyword in it, which means that you can do this. Have fun. And it's still like not that hard, but it's just challenging enough to not be frustrating and to make you think a little bit. Um, and then it's kind of the wrapper on all this is a really, really cool cyberpunk meets mythology kind of art style and aesthetic. Um, so like uh, the, one of the main characters name is Percy and she's like Hades girlfriend and it's Persephone um, from Greek mythology. Uh, and like the game st- starts with her being like, I'm really bored. I'm in hell and I'm really bored. I'm, gonna leave and the first thing you fight is the gatekeeper that like keeps people from leaving hell um but then she's and but she's like super cool like has like a union jack shredded up union jack t-shirt on and a leather jacket and like has a baseball bat for a weapon and she ends up meeting like this dog named fen that's fenris from norse mythology and like there's like a valkyrie biker gang that you also play as at one point, like the visuals and stuff are really cool. They're very much kind of inspired by like, um, shadow run, but, uh, I dig them all. A lot of the Greek gods are like vampire or a lot of the, the cards for the red color, which is like the Greek pantheon are like vampire themed. Um, it's just, it's a really, really neat aesthetic. Uh, and, uh, and, and kind of makes the whole thing feel, even more uh, interesting. So yeah, I don't know. I'd say if you're interested, it's a really good time to get in because they're just an open beta. Now there won't be any more account wipes. So cards you collect will be yours forever. Um, And they have one set in currently. So you can kind of get in at the ground floor before there's like a thousand cards. Um, But I recommend it easier to get good cards. If there aren't that many to go around, they also, this won't mean as much for people who haven't played hearthstone, but or other card games, um, you build 40 card decks in this game. Um, and the, the, one of the cool things, uh, that magic does not do. And a frustrating thing about magic is in magic, like the rarest card, you still want four copies of it. Mm-hmm. So you can put four copies in your deck, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Cause there's like mythic rares that are really hard to get. And you want four copies of specific ones and it's hard enough to get one. So, Magic Arena gives you some tools to make it a little easier to get them. It's not that unfair, but in uh, Mythgard, the card's rarity is how determines how many of it you can put in your deck. So commons, you can put four in uncommons. You can put three in rares. You can put uh, two in and then the like ultra rare legendary ones. You can put one in. So it's kind of nice because you don't need to collect multiples of the rare, the rarer the card, the fewer you need basically. And is it all tied to your like root level account? Cause I know it's on, phone as well as steam right so yeah so they have their own account you can sign in with google um or make an account and then you can link all of it together you can like link but steam is actually not one of the accounts that it uses Hmm. um it uses google facebook and their uh their rhino games account um but it it does it it ties everything across devices uh so and the phone interface works well it's the same as the, the pc uh some of the stuff is a little small if you have a small phone screen but um I think it, I played it last night on my phone for a while and it was fine. Quick question. Uh, mm-hmm. If 
you are a fan of mythology, but don't play a lot of CCGs. Would you say try this out? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing I, I've kind of got a warped perspective on it, but I've heard a lot from people um, like, oh, that's just that CCGs are so hard to get into. I don't th- I mean, I just, just install it and play it like I don't I don't think it's that there are concepts in it that are going to be instantly familiar to people who have played these games kinds of games before. But the only it is it is not that hard to learn how it works and stuff. And because there is so much good single player content, you don't have to worry about like, well, I played it for two hours and now I have to play against people. There's a repeatable PVE thing called the gauntlet that you can do over and over again and just play that. If you don't ever want to play with another person and they're going to add more chapters to the story over time. So I think it's definitely worth installing far more than something like hearthstone. Like hearthstone is much less. You don't get as much out of it playing against AI that's like a way to practice, but this game it's totally viable. And I think if you like the sound of a Valkyrie biker gang, um, that you should just install it. Cause it's got really cool. It, that stuff is just really cool. Um, the art is really cool on, on a lot of them. And they also do a thing that, um, the best physical trading card games do like magic does this, where it's not one artist. It's not like hearthstone where, all of the art kind of looks the same uh, in Hearthstone. This is a little bit true of too, but, and for Mythgard, um, every card is like, they have a pool of artists and most of the cards are different artists. Um, they're roughly a similar style, but, uh, you can like, the art is just like really important and good in this game. When you zoom in on a card, you can zoom in then on the art and full screen the art. And it gives you the name of the artist at the bottom and stuff. And I really dig that because the card art is just so cool. I found myself like clicking on cards to look at them and see what they do. But then every single time I always pulled up the art full screen because I loved it so much. Oh, it's also got pretty cool. Uh, One other note um, on the art. I really dig how diverse the characters are. Like there's like tons of like, like it's most of the art, like most of the, the character cards are women and not in like a creepy way. Like the way that like Shadowverse does it, where it's like lots of, um, we'll just say like a specific type of anime character art. In this case, there was one card that is like a little on the like, wow, that's a that's an ass card. But otherwise, um, it, it's it's my, like it's got, my favorite card. It's got really good representation. It's got really good. It's got lots of like people of color in the character art and stuff. So I think that's really cool too. Um, that it's just like a diverse set of art beyond just being really really good. So, yeah, uh, I I plan to check that out. I, I don't know why this one has been the one where I'm like, ah, I'll give it a shot. But it's a um, good one to do that with. Like, I I really didn't expect to be interested in another digital card game this year. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of installed it on a whim be, on the fa- because of the fact that it was getting really positive reviews. Like it had like 90 percent positive on Steam. And I was like, that's weird for a digital card game in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it, it deserves it. It's really, really, really good. Cool. I will say like, I was glad to see that they're not planning on launching 1.0 until next year, because I don't want to have to think <laughs> about this game for game of the year this year. Sure. Uh, but speaking of Valkyrie biker gangs and cool art, Erica, we kind of skipped over it, but you finished yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts. I did. 
Do you want to share sure. your thoughts on um, that? Um, so Sam, you finished it too on the iPhone. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I came into this expecting to shit on it the whole time, but I've kind of come around on it, I think. Um, yeah. So in our group chat, I've been talking about how horrible I think it controls and that like it's way too fast. And so I just feel like I'm not in- anticipating anything ever. I'm just like reacting after something happens. Um, and I think that that's still largely the case, except maybe the second half, maybe like the last like third of the game. Um, I think some some of the levels are slower or control in ways that I think are better. Um, there's like some shooting that starts happening, like with like the uh, the mm-hmm. those bats, those like skull bats or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I actually wish that they put more of that in the game because that was fun and easy to do on an iPhone. Um, but uh, yeah, just in general, the, the movement in that game is not great on the iPhone. Um, but I'm okay with it now. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's gotten better um, as time went on. Also, when I first started playing it, like the first couple of levels I played on a New York City bus um, and our bus drivers are a little jerky with their movements. So it made it a lot harder playing it like in my bed or in my bathroom was a lot easier. Uh, And it just made it a lot more, a, a lot more of a pleasurable experience once I tried to play it on, on ground that wasn't moving. So but in general, the game itself, uh, I mean, it's it's really good, like <laughs> except for the controls, <laughs> but <laughs> which unfortunately is a huge part. But um, but the I love the style of it. I love at the end of the levels when you like see whoever's coming up next. Uh, like, I love that style. So it's just like, oh, my God, look at these badasses. They just look super cool all the time. Um, I, yeah. I love the music. I know Pat. It didn't really do a lot for Pat, but um, I I happen to really like it a lot. Um, it, I don't think it's my favorite soundtrack of the year, but it's definitely my top three of the year. Um, it's, I've gone back and I've listened to it multiple times. I've played the game through like three times fully, and then like you know some extra stuff doing like mm-hmm. high score hunting, and then also just like listening it while I've gone to the store and stuff because it's streaming on like Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, all that stuff. So if you want to listen to the music, go ahead and do it. But I would suggest suggest playing the game yeah, before you listen like, to the music. I, I think that the soundtrack is very listenable. Um, and I will probably listen to it on Spotify here and there too, but I don't see myself going back to try to do any of the extra challenges on my phone specifically. Yeah, I would, I would say it's to me, it's totally worth like the $13 for like to get it on switch or PS4 to have it with like a good control scheme because like I no one I've seen talk about it on phone is happy with the controls and even I was like, even playing with, with the controllers, some of those like collectibles, there are instances where it's like, 
here's a train car and mm-hmm. here's a tunnel and you've got like yeah. a foot of clearance try and get through Did, and there it's was like, one how, level uh, it was so yeah fast, there was the one angle. level that was getting very very frustrating like if you fail a bunch of times queen latifah will ask you if you want to skip this part and i was just like no i don't <laughs> but like shit this is really hard <laughs> But like, yeah, yeah, I the, um, that as well. The, like the, the the one level that I was getting really frustrated with, and actually, you know what? I didn't end up like I didn't quit into it. I, I did. I did end up finishing mm-hmm. it in that sitting, just because I liked the idea for the level. It's that one with the with the split and the like the snapping and the clapping and stuff. Oh yeah, no, that level is really it good. It was like super yeah. cool. And I'm like, I want to see the rest of this level, but right now I can't get past like these two like little zigzaggies. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it's like they, I that was like you know a mechanic yes. I wish they did more with because they move from like mechanic yeah. to mechanic so quickly, and like you know change things up so quickly they don't like stay on like the cool like you know you said like the shooting you would have liked to have uh, yeah had more of that and you know more of the snapping like stuff yeah, would have been cool. I, agree. I would uh, love to see like DLC for this game or a Sayonara Wild Hearts 2 um, with just more of the same stuff that they've been doing just because I felt like the, the things that I was very interested in were fleeting all the time. What, what if they did a Sayonara Wild Hearts colon the boys? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be you'd have to do what's What's Korean for so long? It, are the yeah, boys are. the boys are Korean, right? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Also, aside, I saw BTS action figures in the grocery Whoa, store. The, like the Barbies, like the Mattel the ones. I mean, it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a Walmart. It's a Fred Meyer, so it's kind of like a Walmarty. It's, they don't just have <laughs> oh, food. Okay, they do it's, have like it's a superstore. It's got like, groceries okay. and clothes. Yeah, and but I was surprised. Plans, to, I wouldn't. I'm not surprised that BTS action figures exist at all. But I am surprised that uh, that they were in a store that. I mean, it has a toy section, but it has like mm-hmm. Legos and Matchbox cars and <laughs> Barbies. It's not like. It's not like yeah. a toy store. Yeah. And furthermore, that they had like a display for them on an end cap that had like it, it was like a cardboard big stand up thing that said yeah. BTS all over it. I was Is like, it the Mattel wow, ones like, they, like they made like some BTS Barbies. <laughs> I didn't look that closely. It didn't look like they were Barbie okay. branded, but they like could've. those ones. Look I was awful. Oh. <laughs> There's a, there's some there's a YouTuber that I watch occasionally when I want to go to sleep, but I don't want to go to sleep with no noise on. Who she like repaints dolls and like fixes their hair and stuff. Um, and so she's been doing the BTS dolls lately, and it's been great. <laughs> she's doing That's a great funny. job. <laughs> I was in a grocery store, well, superstore recently, and they had uh, like action figures of Ninja. The streamer. Oh yeah, there's there's he has a literal loot box that's brand like a ninja branded loot box, and it doesn't say what's in it. Like it's yeah, it's kids love that shit. Did you see Ninja was on the Mass Singer singing Old Town Road? Wow. Anyways, we don't have to talk about Ninja. (laughs) No, Erica. Erica, I I remember you you had some other adventures too. Oh wait, no, but Sam, you also played Sinar Wild Hearts on mobile, right? Yeah. um, So I played half the game on my iPhone and I played the other half with a DualShock 4 connected yeah. to the iPhone right. and the iPhone um, on a stand 
So, like, really good visibility and height for it. It's, ba- it's basically very, very similar to having a switch with the kickstand. This is basically what I did. Um, so, because especially because the screen size is roughly the same. Um, but the uh, the thing that I found was that just the gameplay just wasn't really. It didn't seem like it was skill based. It seemed like it was memorization based. To me, even with the controller, I felt like I'm I'm doing the like the electric levels where you yeah. have to do the quick turns, and like the game is too fast for me to see the thing that I'm going to. I just have to remember that it's right, left, right, yeah, left, right, left, that or that it's right, left, 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 right. And I was get, I did that part like 15, 20 times, and it was like I'm just uh, and also really frustrates me when you get like three or four steps into a sequence and you can see the last step and then you make a mistake and you have to go right back to the start uh, and then I'll always end up failing on the first step for about three turns because I'm so annoyed yeah, like, with it I just saw like, some of Andre's yeah, uh, review just, where he was saying specifically that he thought it was weird that uh, uh, that it felt like it was high score hunting based on that gameplay. And I strongly agree. (laughs) Like it's just, it feels like, you know, the idea for it or the idea for their checkpointing seems like it's because it's so hard and it's like, and the movements are things that you have to memorize that just the high score hunting just seems out of place too. Yeah. Like, well, because it's because it's a like it's an album and you're supposed to experience yeah. like this whole thing as like, you know, one piece kind of like ideally, I think the, uh, the way to play it is like in one sitting and kind of experience the whole thing together. But then when the, it's broken up because, well, one in the story progression, when you initially do it, like it pulls you out of every level and puts you into a level select each time, which like. I mentioned also is not the way they should have done it. They should have just had the arcade mode. And then like, if you have to get out for whatever reason, then when you go back, give you the level select up until the most recent one or whatever. Uh, But yeah, it's weird that they make you or that it is so difficult at times. Like if they want to put in like stuff like, Oh, if you really want to get like a high score to unlock, whatever, you know, have like collectibles and like take a certain path through, but to make it, so easy to yeah. fail and then like have to repeat parts of the song kind of take away from that from the musical enjoyment I think uh, I think it would have been better if they gave you three lives hmm. or like a, an amount of lives like you would have in I don't know like a Lego game or something oh, you have like those you three hearts and yeah, yeah you get so three hits yeah, get, yeah like take a couple hits and then it yeah I, I yeah, think something I think, like that would have made sense or yeah you know, and, and like you were saying the continuous play of the songs and also like front loads some good stuff because the opening of that game yeah. is like I played the first three levels and I was like when does this get good I actively am not enjoying yeah, myself. I think the last third. I agree. So I, I give that game. I think I like. I think the songs with lyrics are like where it like begin again is where this game like really kicks off and like you're like oh I see. But like, but I aren't think, the songs with lyrics not like any of the four track on any of the four tracks? None of the first four have lyrics. I right? think the fourth one crazy. is the begin again. Is I think the fourth level and like. I, when I first played it, I was like, eh, I'm not like loving just like the, you know, the 
uh, I can't even think of the word, but just like the instrumental or like, like you know, yeah, just the beats and the compositions. Uh, I wasn't like digging those super hard, but like as I've gone back and I've played it a few times, I'm like, oh, actually, there's like I'm into this, but yeah, I wish there were more songs with lyrics and like they were kind of. Sam, did your thing? I think the thing Sorry, I'll ahead. say is, carry on. I was going to say, uh, I don't think that the songs with lyrics are all that great either. Um, I would just rather listen to churches. <laughs> like they're, they're very clearly doing churches and churches are better than that. But that you can't sense? sword fight on the back of a motorcycle. Yeah, churches. that's kind of what my point was when I was to getting at the music stuff. Sam was just that like, I don't think it's bad, but there are bands that they're trying to emulate that are feel like better listening experiences. Um, and I feel bad because like musicians worked on the music for this game and clearly it's like was considered an integral part of its development. And it's not that I think they're bad musicians or anything at all. It's just, I didn't cl- click with it as much as I did. The I singer was in a prog prog band called a seal doors Bane. I've not heard of that before. No, me neither. Yeah. Is Sildor's uh, Bane? That's a Lord of the Rings reference, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Sam, did your uh, did your scores get better yeah. with a controller out of curiosity? Um kind of like mildly. It got better when I changed the touch mm. sensitivity to high mm. from normal. I have zero clue why that normal setting is in there. It like I literally I wonder couldn't, if that was my issue. I couldn't move from one side of the road. I couldn't move from one side of the road to the other, swiping yeah, the full length of my phone. Yeah, that was oh. like, oh, I'm going to try it again with like, so I was, like messing with that more. I was literally starting here. You should, starting you should try here it again by buying it on that, your Switch. And I was like two thirds of the way through. Yeah. Or your PS4. Uh, but speaking of things, uh, trying things again, mm-hmm. Erica, <laughs> you made a computer. Oh my God, you don't even understand uh you don't you don't need to tell us the whole saga but i do want to hear about your last last i heard about this your motherboard situation yeah, was, we was went, dire i'm on motherboard number four and it finally works so <laughs> um i'm pretty sure we're, we're not a hundred percent sure but um i'm pretty sure i had a bad cpu and it was like frying my motherboards uh, okay. um, because on the fourth one, I okay. got a new CPU so you had and to... then it was working. So, okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so did, did they just keep giving you motherboards and they're just like, okay, you should try something because <laughs> something's messed no, up No, what here. we started doing ourselves because like, like, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but the people who work at Best Buy are not the most knowledgeable at least my best buy <laughs> um so we started you know like we were taking parts of like my old computer we pushed our desks together and i was using like xavier's like uh yeah yeah we were just exactly we were like using parts of his computer parts of my old computer parts of the new computer just testing every little piece that we could and like for whatever reason i don't know what happened but i you know i think it's the the CPU that I got was like uh, shorting out all of my motherboards. Um, and we we were getting frustrated because our, the CPU fan was like going, but not on, you know, not on those motherboards. When I was like plugging it into like my old motherboard that was still working, then that was mm. spinning. But then I plugged it into the motherboard that I had it, you know, attached to and it wasn't spinning. And I'm like, what's happening? Please. 
So my budget PC ended mm. up being extremely expensive, unfortunately. So, uh, wait, okay. So you had to buy I'm, all I the mean, motherboards? I'm going to be working or, oh today, my God. hopefully, to see if I can hopefully recoup some of that cost because... Well, if you can... If you can RMA them, you can at least like yeah. sell them secondhand so, or something. Get recoup, yeah. recoup most we'll of those see. costs. But, but, but yeah, now it now works. It works. And it's been it's been good. I've been playing Borderlands um, three on PC, um, which because it was on PS4, it was really not excellent. <laughs> um, so you you, you four motherboards in a game I already bought. Yep. <laughs> how how many times have you? How many times has your household bought uh, Borderlands Three? So we bought Borderlands Three for the PlayStation, then Xavier bought it for PC, and then I bought it for PC. So three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So three. That it's fitting. This is a very yeah. expensive game for you. Yeah. yeah so no kidding. And <laughs> it. It sucks too, which is really bad. <laughs> so, I mean, it really sucked on the PS4. Let me tell you, like, I was, I complained about it a lot last week about the menus being so, like, disruptive to gameplay, and that, like, if I wanted to spend mm. my skill point, like, and Xavier was like in a fight or something, that just we couldn't do anything. Like, we're just always dying, and it was just really not great. Um, but. Yeah, it's it's running a lot better on PC. It was actually really bad when we first started doing it. I'm like, oh, my God, we just bought Borderlands again and it's not running. <laughs> What's happening? Because I we were trying to play together, obviously. But the um, the. It kept kicking me off and saying that, like, my well, I, I had the game and then Xavier joined into my game and then it would kick him out and he he would be like jumping around for a little bit, like really stuttery. And then he would be like stuck in a wall for a little mm. bit. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then it would kick him out saying that, you know, the Wi-Fi wasn't working well. And then this connection was bad, even though he's hardwired, he's got an ethernet cable, but I don't know. So, it, but they patched it yesterday and the new patch has fixed all of our issues. We were looking into like setting up a LAN and everything. It was just like a whole whole thing just to play borderlands three they they have always been kind of iffy on like the patching stuff like back when borderlands 2 came out my the friends i would have played with were on mac but mac and pc were on like two different like patch schedules and like mac was like not on pace with pc so i just couldn't play with my friends because their game wasn't patched up to where mine was I have I've heard that there are some like higher end group encounters that you need like people for and you can like matchmake for them, but that the matchmaking is terrible. <laughs> They're talking about it on the bombcast, giant bombcast this week, and like Jason Jason was saying that he tried to matchmake for stuff and could only ever get one person at a time oh, and it was always yeah. bad. You can so hopefully the patch hide behind fix that a stuff. rock in those encounters and just do it yourself. You could do Maybe. that with Crawler Max and two. Like it's it won't um, be an issue. But uh but but it's hopefully that patch that you mentioned fixes yeah. the some of the Like I know on the PS4 too. also when I tried to yeah. link my old like shift account for like the, the golden keys that they had. Um I had an account and Xavier didn't um, or he didn't remember what it was. And he made a new one like in 
the PS4 like like in their interface and yeah mm-hmm. and it browser his whatever. worked and mine didn't when I tried to link mine so and I could never get it to work it's working on now on the PC but the first time I tried to do it on the PC pre patch it didn't work and now it's working thankfully so it's just definitely it's been it's been a, it's been a week mm. <laughs> for me in Borderlands but well, I mean I'm not quite where I was yet in uh the at the PS4 but I'm still having fun with it. I'm still rolling my eyes a lot, but um it's a lot of like Xavier and I just like like repeating the horrible line reads that we keep hearing. <laughs> well, it sounds like the late game content is yeah. much better than the early game, but I like I was almost like maybe I should buy Borderlands 3 after listening to Mike Mahardy talk about it on the Beast cast but I went no what am I doing I don't want to play that. Uh, yeah. But I Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it and people I'm are I'm not going to tell anybody there. to pick it up or buy it but I'm having fun with it. It's responsible yeah. uh position you're taking. I appreciate it. But if any of you do um, buy it and want to play anything? it I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh allison yes you've got games i do well we've talked about most of them so far um but uh one thing i wanted to bring up is that i did finish or i, I got credits on untitled goose game and that is a <laughs> good good game um is yes it is it's it's a good goose game it's a good goose game it's and good, good I, game it's good goose game I hope that there's more Goose games so that we can have more to we can say that Untitled Goose Game is good Goose Game. Uh but no, it's it's still charming uh all all the way through. Um it's relatively short. However, I think that they just don't want it to um outstay its welcome and there's a bunch of optional challenges that open up. Um Yeah. So, it's really like you can still get a lot out of it if you want to but it's like a hitman you can also like there's optional challenges that that require you to like move between the areas but like sort of like hitman you can also just create your own ridiculous like get every npc in the game to come to the garden and that kind of stuff like it it, that's not a challenge but you can make it a challenge for yourself and and get a lot out of it the great things about this game is that it is really um making you make those own your own optional challenges uh, in a way that I don't normally do in other video games. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Like I want a bot, a hitsmas <laughs> bot for a goose game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, I, I like I, one of the things I liked trying and if I didn't have so many video games that I needed to play uh, that I would consider trying is seeing just how many sounds the goose's honk can make because <laughs> if you honk it for example if your beak stuck in a jar it sounds like it's in a jar you have, there's harmonica you can play it there so there's just like so many like weird little things that you can play around with that are just fun um and it's always fun to just role play as that as that goose so i uh I- i've noticed that it's becoming kind of a meme goose which is not surprising, but like it feels it feels right. Uh, um, it's interesting that it took was that like, you know, people have been talking about Untitled Goose Games since like it was first announced, like 
two years ago or whatever. Yeah. But like, it, you know, it took it for it to come out for it to like really take off with like the memes and stuff, which is funny. I really like yeah. the one with Bernadetta. Um, and that's yeah. Yeah. the one thing I'd, I'd also like to mention that I saw on Twitter that uh, uh, that is perfect is that in Japan, they, it has a title, which is yeah. Here Comes the Mischievous <laughs> Goose. Yeah, And I that's yeah. a good title. I, I, that's a, it's a very good title. Also, well, it's, the ending of that game. Sorry, go ahead, Andre. No, no, because it's, it's on the. I looked it up on the eShop, and it it is still Untitled Goose Game, but then the Japanese title <laughs> after it. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Though. Yeah, uh, the ending of that game is amazing. Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> it's, I think what's good is it. What's nice about it is that it now it always feels like it, it. It feels like it is a really well thought out package as a game, and that each area gets a little bit more tricky but it opened they all open up a lot and then uh the ending is really really nice so it's uh it's 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 a very very neat game and one that i would definitely recommend just because it is uh like ridiculous <laughs> it's just weird and fun and um i i don't know how many of those uh uh Post game objectives, I'm going to go back and do because again, their game of the year is coming up, and there are too many video games. But uh, I, I enjoyed the time I spent role playing as uh, a, a goose, as a mean goose. So that was fun. Um, and the other thing that I've been playing uh, that I'm reasonably far through is. Uh, uh, Link's Awakening on Switch. Woo! Yeah. Um, so the re- <laughs> the reason I bought it is kind of sad, mostly because partially because I, it's because I pre-ordered the Link's Awakening amiibo, <laughs> which is very cute. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I need to have the game too. Oh yeah, so, that's just logic. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's just logic. Well, I I did legitimately want to buy it, but it was it was one of those like. Oh, I'm not going to just have this amiibo and not have the game. So I can buy it now. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I played actually a decent amount of it this week. Uh, and it's it's been really fun. I've actually I ne- never played the game on uh, Game Boy. So it's hard to make those comparisons. I know that things like the maps are pretty. Um, pretty similar. That said, it feels really like a complete uh Zelda experience, a complete top-down experience. Um that's that that's just been really charming and really cute to play. So I it's it's really it's really charming. Um and uh being able to just wander around and unlock various areas of the maps and have this kind of weird dreamlike uh thing where there's uh chain chomps and uh, Mario-esque things hanging around in there. It's, it's just been really pleasant. Um, the, w- the one thing that's a little bit disappointing is that there are occasional uh, frame rate hiccups. It's not like it's not, it doesn't make it unplayable. Like, it doesn't make it, but it's just kind of weird since it's only this is only going to be released on Switch. So I it's, it's, a, it's a little bit disappointing that you'd be walking around and there's a little frame rate hiccup. But, um, 
the other thing is just that the price is a bit steep, but yeah. I have played quite a few hours of it so far and I'm maybe halfway through. I don't even, it's hard to tell, but, um, I feel like I've done, yeah, like maybe halfway through and I, and I feel, and there's, there is quite a bit of content there. Um, the, uh, I, I tried a little bit of the, uh, dungeon creating stuff and I don't know if I'm going to go back and do more of it because it was, I did not really think it was that fun to be honest, Yeah, but it sounds um, not great. No, it's just basically like you, you get individual rooms from the various, um, dungeons and you kind of slot them in. But for example, uh, basically you need to have you can't adjust the rooms at all so for example if you have uh, a room that has uh three doors it's always going to have those three doors and those doors always have to go to something so it's like feels like you're trying to fit in it's like you've got six separate puzzles and you're trying to make a new puzzle out of separate pieces. Uh, but you can't like rotate them at all. You, and you always have to have it go somewhere. So it, it, it like just baking my first one, it was just kind of annoying because I, I just wanted to make a simple one to get started, but because of all these restrictions, it couldn't be quite that simple. And then running through, it was kind of like, yeah, I've seen these rooms before. So, um, not necessarily like, it's not a value proposition, not going to really add much value. I don't think to most people when it comes to buying the game. Um, but, uh, but I still think it's a really cute time. Um, so if you kind of want a more traditional Zelda experience on the switch, that's, that's not like breath of the wild, then it's, it's, I'd say it's definitely something fun to check out. Especially since the art style is uh, admittedly extremely cute, <laughs> and and that that's a big part of why I play I picked up the game. But it, it's it's just generally been a good time. So I'm tentative recommendation if you want to spend sixty dollars on it. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's the biggest ticking point for me is sixty dollars. Like, yeah, it, if it was fifty, I would probably feel better. If it was forty, I would definitely jump in. Yeah, and the thing that I find that I saw somewhere that was pretty interesting is that uh, if you count in inflation, um, it's actually like sixty dollars is actually pretty close to what it cost back in the day, mm. just based off of inflation. But it still feels like kind of a lot for uh, an older games remake. But um, but it, but if you haven't played. The Game Boy game, I, I like if you if you showed this to me and I had no idea that it was originally on Game Boy, I would have no idea. I mean, yeah, the visual pass over it the, is the visual pass over. And then I just still feel like it's so complete that it's it doesn't necessarily feel like limited in scope. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing that I just was thinking about was. I feel like I was much more willing to pay uh, um, $60 for Let's Go Pikachu versus this. And I'm just wondering why, since it's both, they're both Game Boy games that have been 
up-res? That's a, that's a good question. Because they put the best feature that has ever existed in a Pokemon game in Let's Go Pikachu, and they have omitted it from Sword and Shield. What? Chatting? Yeah. I th- no, the uh, allowing the Pokemon to follow you. you. Yeah, it's, which is the best feature. About that, that's that's Andre's national that. decks. Everybody it, it cares is. about the bowler hats. Um, I also <laughs> think too that uh, let's the Let's Go games are uh, quite different. Like the the way that they change the catching mechanic is like right. pretty big a pretty big overhaul. Um, I also think $60 is a little steep for those games. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know the game. It feels like more than just the visuals changed on that yeah. game. And honestly, I feel like I kind of want to go back and watch people play um, some of uh, Link's Awakening because I honestly just have no idea how you would play that on a Game Boy to the point where I just because I use so many different buttons and it feels really streamlined to switch controls in a way that I'm like, but how would you do this if you just had the Did you ever play like Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Seasons? I actually didn't, no. Okay, yeah, I mean, like it, I don't know, that never seemed weird to me having played like, you know, some of the Game Boy Advance ones and those have triggers, but, you know, still like, I think they've done a pretty good job over the years of, moving up through the consoles and like the handhelds and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't think it's that oh. absurd that it was a mobile game. Like, I don't think it's absurd. It just feels like, wow, there's a, there is a whole lot to this game. That, yes. and that, well, that's nice. The history behind that game is actually really interesting too. Um, you don't know gaming. The started as like an image based history of gaming. They have a YouTube channel and they have kind of a retrospective on it. Uh, it's probably, 15 ish minutes and it's pretty worth watching. Uh, so that's, that's mm. a quick recommendation. If anybody wants yeah, to see a to quick, yeah, a quick history on it. Uh, I, I would probably pick this game up if Nintendo had not discontinued the like game vouchers for North America, Yeah, where you pay a hundred dollars and you can get two $60 games, but they it's still active in other countries like Sam could get them in the UK, but yeah, not, the, uh, not North America. Pokemon let's, Pokemon let's go games were 40 pounds over here as well. They were cheap. They were budget games. It's, it sounds like all the games are kind of cheap, like end up being cheaper physical too, right? Yeah. Physical's always cheaper here because there's only one big game retailer mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, bully into people setting the digital RRP at like like 55 to 59 pounds and most places you can buy a game for 45 to 49 that's that doesn't even I don't even understand that but they've gone under almost twice and had to be saved by venture capital money Uh so when that chain finally dies uh, I'll be buying all my weird games from Amazon and all the digital games will finally get cheaper Maybe. Or they'll be, hey, everyone's been paying these high prices for so long that they'll just keep it up well, there. I mean, we'll see. I think it's more likely to jump back to last week's news. I wonder if like if Valve or Steam ends up needing to allow for resales, how that affects the price of digital goods. Yeah, uh, if they do that, you know, Valve's going to take a cut. And like I imagine that developers have to get a cut of that. Those sales, too. 
like because they already deal with the trading card thing like valve gets like a small percentage of whatever you sell so they're gonna take like oh we're gonna take three percent and then developers get like three percent or whatever of like used game sales or or you know whatever it will be i mean if they said digital games that has to be everything so i'd be super interested but also only france has ruled it but it could uh, expand to the like other parts of the EU. Yeah, but we won't be in the EU in <laughs> no. uh, one month and three days. I, so, Godspeed, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it maybe, sucks. Maybe you can return Boris Johnson <laughs> through the uh, through Valve. God, uh, yeah, no, it's, if only. No well, one wants we'll him s- back. Do you know his well, name isn't well, even Boris? It's Alexander. What? <laughs> Uh, oh, we're, we're not it even goes gonna, by Boris. We're not even <laughs> speaking okay. of speaking well, of speaking, uh, to the queen. Speaking of what he lied to the queen, that bastard. But speaking of w- In, what, Andre, you've been playing a what? Yeah. Um, well, the thing that the EU is going to be saying in uh, one month's time or to the UK is later alligator uh, because they're leaving the EU. Uh, and that's the game I've been playing. Inappropriate. Is, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast. I like to take a certain moment to announce my retirement from the podcast. See you later. Uh, it's been a really good See run. you later, alligator. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, this game. So later alligator came out last week on the 18th. Uh, kind of when like, a billion games came out, so it kind of went under the radar. It's another like indie joint, so you know I think it's like easy for it to get lost, even when it's coming out with a bunch of other indie games like Cyanar, Wild Hearts, and uh, what's the, what's the other one that we were just talking about? Untitled Goose Game. Uh, so this is a visual novel, uh, like noir, like kind of noir detective game sort of uh you're charged with uh so there's a boy pat uh this young alligator it is his birthday and he uh he's worried that he has revealed some family secrets he squealed and uh they're gonna rub him out they're gonna take care of him tonight uh, uh, you might want to phrase so, that he wants you no, that's that's literally what okay. the game says. They're gonna rub me. They're gonna rub me out. Uh, and yeah, I know. Uh, and so you're. He charges you with talking to his family around uh, new alligator, new no, alligator, New York City, uh, to go around and talk to his family and uh, find out what's going on and try and uncover some clues. Uh. And it's just very charming. The art style is very nice. And like, like it looks like something you could catch on Cartoon Network or something. Um, like, it's not like people like use Cal art style derogatory, der- derogatorily. And it's not that style, which is kind of in vogue right now. But it's like, I it doesn't seem like it would be out of place on like a kid's channel. Uh, and it's like very nice. Uh, animated like cutscenes when it does have those and you're going around and you're just like talking to people and it's got a lot of really like smart funny writing um like just the jokes are non-stop everyone's got like their own personality and so the jokes they make are you know dependent on that personality so no one's making like 
it's I wouldn't say it's like a consistent like humor through the game. Every character has their own sense of humor, but it's consistently humorous, uh, which is very nice. So you're, if like one character doesn't land for you, you'll find hopefully find someone else who will like make you laugh. I I was laughing out loud multiple times throughout the whole time I was with playing the game. Um, and then so interspersed with the, uh, you know, the talking to people, you uh, if you're talking to someone who actually has like something of value to talk to you about, you'll have three questions to ask every person whom Pat and then like, uh, event or whatever. And so, you know, you're finding out who they are, what they think of Pat and what the event is. And they're like, oh, I can't tell you about the event. But if you do this mini game, then maybe I'll tell you. And so the mini games are like, oh, play a hand of old maid with this old lady or play some uh, pinball or, you know, all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, Stack these pancakes on this baby's favorite or on this toddler's favorite plate. But you can't stack a small up a large pancake on top of a small pancake. And like things like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's just very funny, very cute. Uh, it's like two hours and it's probably more than two hours. It's a few hours long. Uh, I got four hours and I saw pretty much everything. Uh, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I would highly recommend later alligator music is very good. It's by Tumelo, uh, who does the music for Waypoint. Uh, like their podcast and stuff. Very jazzy. Uh, so yeah, it's later alligator, everybody. Yeah. Sounds cute. It is. I, I sent you guys some screenshots. Like there's like alligator Goku. Like this guy's, this guy's phone is haunted and he's like, help me fix my phone. And then you're like looking through it and like, he's got like a bunch of screenshots from like anime but they're all, all alligator versions. So it's like Jojo, Jojo's Goku, Yuri on ice. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, all these various alligator versions. There's a very good, like it turns into a dating sim at one point. And Why it's, not? that, that part is very good. Like, Oh my God. I was like, I was like, Oh, that's like a funny joke. But then like, I realized like the joke that I thought was funny actually had like more layers to it. And yeah, it's very smart writing. Neil Cicierga had like a hand in producing it, I wow. think. <laughs> and like they're like Toby Fox also like I think consulted or like did something. He's in the credits. I can't remember exactly what for. But yeah, so they this game is one to not sleep on. I think it's like 18 bucks on Steam. It's only on Steam right now. Um, but it, yeah, it's 18 bucks. Very good, very funny. Cool. It's got yeah, check it out. The Steam page has over 100 alligators and at <laughs> least three ghosts. Dang. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, so, you uh, mean there might be good. more than three ghosts? There's at least, at least three. three. Is, okay. Is there, an oppor- there might be more. Is there an opportunity for speed dating with these ghosts? No. Not that I found. Sad. Yeah, they're they're just like spooky ghosts, but... Uh, yeah, it's if you got like a couple hours to kill and 18 bucks to spend, it's there are a lot worse ways you could uh, 
spend that money. Uh, some of the mini games are like maybe like two or three are like I'd say bad. Like they were actively not fun to play and I wish they just weren't in the game, but the rest are fine. They're kind of inconsequential, but some of them are pretty funny. So yeah, uh, that's later alligator. Alex, I believe you had some news you wanted to discuss. Oh yeah. We don't, we, we should probably spend about an hour on this because it's extraordinarily important. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's very important. It's kind of, it's, Video games then now forever. All right, right. video games (laughs) then now forever. This is important. So uh, Valve kind of stealth released a um, update to one of their Half Life news. They stealth released an update to Half Life Two, where they actually made changes to the game, wherein now all of the NPC characters can fucking blink. (laughs) Half Life Three is coming, everybody. That's how you know. Do they just blink three times <laughs> at the end of every sentence? It's almost like the half-life <laughs> of this object has changed. Blink, blink, blink. Yes. Uh, anyways, no, it was just completely inconsequential news, which is really bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The funny thing is, if you actually do look at all the blinks, they're all saying, please help us. They won't let us leave the office. <laughs> and then it's that Brad Muir, like... Uh, uh, colon D face, but upside down, so mm-hmm. it's sad. Brad Brad Muir, Brad Muir did a tweet. <gasps> oh, really? Oh my! I didn't God. see it. He's yes. alive. I saw a tweet from Lincoln, Brad Muir. You missed it. Brad uh, Muir tweet of the week. He he tweeted on September twenty first. My son prefers the new Super Mario Brothers U tile set in Super Mario Maker. Have I done something wrong? Can this be rectified? But he also replied to Eric Pope on the 26th and said, wait, wow. are pesto Doritos real? Like a Canadian thing? Sounds awesome. Colon D. Yep. There it is. <laughs> That's the crowd here. Thing. <laughs> okay. Also, uh, also pesto is very good and they should make pesto. Doritos. I, I definitely just Googled pesto Doritos. <laughs> there was some guff way. in that Eric Pope thread about oh. pesto being bad. And I was like, how dare you? Pesto I, I'm not going to name names. It was a prominent um, video game figure saying that pesto they didn't know what pesto was and they googled the it and they said it looked gross not dan Riker. that's um, surprising wow. that person i almost <laughs> considered blocking them because they said that pesto looked and sounded gross and it's so so wrong it's i don't okay well pesto's delicious let's start a pesto <laughs> fix Oh my God! If you if I could eat pesto every single me. time we really we recorded, yeah, seriously, I would, do it. I would eat. I would buy so much pesto. I would eat so many different kinds of. Pesto. <laughs> That's gonna do it for episode <laughs> some pesto on some cold noodles. Eighty nine of uh, gaming fix so on this good. September twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I've been your host, Andre Cole, aka your girl's favorite Taco Bell menu item. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. You can find my review of Sayonara Wild Hearts on at Fix.Space. Now you can follow the podcast at Fix Podcasts on Twitter. Uh, and Pat, where can people find you? You can find me Googling pesto recipes because now I want to make some <laughs> at, at my home. That sounds okay. This sounds great. Yes. All right. Just, I'm disgusted with prominent great gaming personality. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it it's terrible. That person should be ashamed. 
Um, name names. Let's shame them. Uh, it's Aura Hack. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't see their tweets anyway because they blocked oh, me. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that because I went. Huh. I wonder if there is a way that the. Yeah. Onrush developers could have not laid people off if they had sold the game at half price. Would that have? Could they? Is that theoretically? Could they have sold enough copies at a lower price point? <laughs> well, <laughs> but apparently that's nothing uh, against our hack. But also they're wrong about. I, I, I don't. I don't understand. Uh, anyway, Allison. and they were wrong to block you. You can, but you can also find me at PJC Plays <laughs> and I wrote a control review and it's on the website. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Allison, where can, can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y and uh, Googling Pesto <laughs> Restaurant near me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, what did you think of Shazam? Tell me what you thought about Shazam. Oh, it's good. It's really <laughs> cute. Do a whole other podcast for that. Just give me a it's, thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thumbs up. It's, it's, it's not good. perfect, okay. but it's like, so it was so fun. And, I, and Zachary Levi was, was great. He flosses. He very much does. I'm going to Zachary Levi this <laughs> podcast. Alex, what, what about you? Uh, well, I also have a review up on Fix.Space for the aforementioned AI Wild Hearts. And one time I went to this sushi place and they had um, a pressed sushi. Like if you guys have ever had that like kind of mm-hmm. like the rectangle thing. Uh, mm-hmm. On the very top was salmon and below that was a layer of pesto. Oh, my God. Oh, was, Jesus. Pesto sauce. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, Erica, if you want to follow a different Erica who has better uh, thoughts about pesto, you can do that on Twitter at yes, Erica A I R E H C U H. Let's make some enemies. <laughs> Already on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Sam, where, yeah. where can people find you? Uh, getting ready to go out for dinner. My social media handles are all SGCH. Um, and my Assemble with Care review went up on Rapid Reviews. Oh, yeah. Uh, check that out. You can find it through my Twitter account. Okay. Uh, and just, you know, one last time, I'd like to say we'd love your feedback. If you'd email gaming at fix.space, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, questions, all that good stuff. Tell your friends, tell your parents, parents love us. Uh, and you know, just, we want, we want to make the best show for you. If you've got questions, we're happy to answer them. Just send them on through. Uh, that's going to do it, uh, for us this week. We'll be back next week with a new podcast about, I don't know, video Esto, games, maybe? maybe we'll see. Uh, it, it, Pesto's good fat too. That's the, yeah. Thing. Uh, pesto, pesto. No, um, it's not. It's pesto's not a on good the rise. <laughs> Shut up. It's like <laughs> oil, oil and cheese and pine nuts. Olive oil, and oil nuts, cheese and pine nuts. And pine nuts aren't nuts, so they aren't good fat. There's not that much fat in it either, for what it's worth. <laughs> See I mean, you yeah. later, alligators. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>